Goodness, greetings, especially to you, my friend. Welkom weer eens by die watergat. Ek is Peter Woon en ons gaan weer een gouwe uur saamkeier hier rondom die levende, verfrissende waters van Godse woord. Welcome, my friend, to the waterhole. Over the next few programs, I'm going to be dealing with something that is a massive problem in our nation, but has become almost a taboo subject. I'm going to be dealing with depression and mental illness. Before we get into today's topic, let's just open in a word of prayer. Now, Father, we come to you because you're the one to come to. There is no one else that can help us with these things. You are the only one. We pray, Holy Spirit, will you come now and lead us to the truth. Help us, Lord, show us what we need to see and are not seeing. And tell us what we need to hear that we are not hearing. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, all for the, your glory, my Father. Amen and amen. And so, beloved, dealing with depression, that Rottweiler from hell. I want us to look at some symptoms and causes of depression, how to prevent it and even how to overcome it. We will also be looking at how to help others caught in the jaws of this Rottweiler. We can put our hope in God and know that he has not forgotten us. Let me start by saying I am not a medical expert on these matters, but I am a survivor and an overcomer. So let's jump in. What is depression? Well, one doctor describes it as the whole world seems shadowed in gloom. What is worse? You will come to believe that things really are as bad as you imagine them to be. My favorite story characters in the whole world are Winnie the Pooh and the others who live in the Hundred Acre Wood. One of them, Eeyore, lives in a gloomy place. He believes that good weather is simply a sign of bad weather to come. That's depression. I have lived in that gloomy place. Webster's Dictionary even goes so far as to describe it as a psychotic disorder marked by sadness, inactivity, difficulty in thinking and concentration, with feelings of dejection, etc. I know this Rottweiler very well. For the past five years, I have been clinically depressed following a burnout I thank God that he has brought me so far into recovery. I do, however, have to be constantly on my guard against this beast of depression. Have you noticed him prowling around your backyard? I believe that just about everyone in South Africa has come under the attack of this beast from hell. Here are the most common symptoms of a depressed person. How many of these apply to you? Fatigue, cannot sleep. 
difficulty in concentrating, loss of interest in things usually enjoyed, including sex, prefers to be alone, difficulty making decisions, negative attitude towards self and others, may develop ulcers and other illnesses. Decisions often are impulsive and faulty, like suicide attempts. Intense sadness and despair, with feelings of it cannot get better. And lastly, activity greatly decreased. Now all of us have good and bad days, and things happen to make us feel sad, tearful, uncertain, even joyful and over-the-moon happy. We should recover quickly from these mood swings, from feeling great to hitting rock bottom, without negative results. Depression, however, is a rock-bottom state of mind which may come upon us slowly, even unnoticed, and will persist for a lengthy time. You might not notice it, but your loved ones around you probably will. Listen to them when they try to tell you. The Bible defines depression as being the feeling of despair over life's problems. We will look closely at scriptures in the following messages. Some of the greatest characters in the Bible experienced depression and sometimes even expressed the desire to die. These intense emotions, often accompanied by sadness and hopelessness, are a natural human reaction to the stresses and losses that are common to life. God's basic answer to us as believers when experiencing depression or discouragement or despair is firstly to remind us that He is with us through the Holy Spirit and that we can fix our confidence and hope on Him. We also receive strength and encouragement from the support, love and concern of other believers if we will allow them in. Having overcome our dark experiences, we are then equipped to help others and comfort them with the message that God can bring light out of the darkness. So, discovering causes, many things can contribute to depression financial difficulties, problems with children, unemployment of self or spouse, crime, loneliness, broken relationships, to name just a few. I'm sure you can add your own to this list. Depression is usually caused by several causes working together until it just becomes too much for us to handle and we are overwhelmed. 
So let's talk about causes. The first one is illness. Depression can become a symptom of an illness or even a result of trying to cope with a serious illness. It is definitely uh, one of the end results of a terminal illness. But, beloved, we should always begin with a full medical checkup. Depression isn't always spiritual. Sometimes we allow our bodies to become fatigued by overwork and neglect. And because of that, we become ill and depressed. I was so guilty of this that I eventually hit the wall. I suffered burnout, which I think is probably something like a nervous breakdown. As I said before, I am not a medical professional, but I can speak from my own experience. Scripture tells us that when the disciples were deeply involved in conditions like these, Jesus prescribed the therapy of rest. In Mark 6 from verse 30, Then the apostles gathered around Jesus and told him everything they had done and taught. He said to them, Come with me privately to an isolated place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and there was no time to eat. Our bodies need proper exercise, proper diet, and adequate rest to function properly. When we neglect these things, we soon lose our vitality and want to give up. The Word of God is a spiritual resource in times of illness to help us combat depression. The Bible is filled with testimonies of healings through the power of the Word of God. Just one of them, Psalm 107 at verse 19 then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. These testimonies encourage us to also call upon the Lord to allow his word to minister to us and to trust him for healing. Kom ons luister eerst een beetje muziek en dan praat ons verder. Welcome back, you tuned to At Radio. I'm Peter Warren and today we are dealing with depression, a Rottweiler from hell. I read to you Psalm 42 from verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mitzar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? 
as with a deadly wound in my bones. My adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Where is your God now? Would you believe that these are the words of David, a man who also composed many joyful songs of praise and thanksgiving for his uh, for the mercy and grace of God. The important thing is that he did not stay in this valley of self-pity. He cried out for help. And by the end of the psalm, he is already victorious. Psalm 42, 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hoping God... For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Man, he gives himself such a good talking to. Come Welcome back to the Watering Hole. I'm Peter Warren, and we are looking at some causes of depression. Obviously, this is not a complete list. We looked at illness. Now we look at stress. Stress is defined as a physical, chemical, or emotional factor that causes bodily or mental tension and may be a factor in causing diseases. This is when one problem builds on top of another and on top of another until we become overwhelmed. A psychologist has developed a scale to help us rate the degree of impact that certain life events have in our lives. And I read from Green, Introduction to Psychology, 1976, page 146. Just so you know, I'm not sucking this out of my thumb. According to this psychologist's report and research, he concluded as follows. If a person has experienced more then 300 points of life-changing events in a two-year period. Remember, 300 points over two years. That person already runs the risk of developing a major illness. Here is a short, short list of some events and their impact on our lives. How many of these have you had over the last two years? Death of spouse. 100 points. Divorce, 73. Trauma or shock event, 70. Death of close friend or family, 83. Personal injury or illness, 53. Marriage, 50. Loss of job, 47. Change of line of work, 36. Change in work responsibilities, 29. Child leave home, 29. Outstanding personal achievement, 28. Change in residence, 20. Change in church or church activities, 19. Vacation, 12. Christmas, 12. And you see these events are negative and positive, so even good things are stress causes. Grief, 
is very high on these lists of stress factors. Suffering and loss of loved ones are major causes of grief. Now, grief is a normal process and on its own should not cause depression. I heard grief described as unspent love that now has no place to go. If you are in that situation, find something else, something similar to spend that love on. But even so, we can find help from the Holy Spirit in our grieving. Nehemiah in chapter 8 verse 10, Don't be sorrowful, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, beloved, there is a time for our grief. But the Lord is able to replace our grief with his joy. If you cannot do much to relieve or manage your stress, you need to increase your time in God's word, no matter how hard it is for you. You have to increase your spiritual preparedness. Allow more time for him to speak and spend more time in prayer. Even if you don't have the strength to pray, just tell him that and give him the time. He will develop it. Ask for his peace and joy. John 14, verse 1 and 27. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world does do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The third symptom, third uh, cause, is fear and despair. We are always going to be facing situations and stressful life-changing problems and events. We need to develop a particular attitude in regard to these fear-causing events. Fear is our constant enemy. Fear of many things, World War III, dreaded disease, crime, financial shortage, job loss, pain, to name just a few. One of our biggest fears is worrying about something that might never happen. It is when we become obsessed with fear that depression can overtake us. It's not going to get better, we say. There is no point in trying to be happy, we say, because life is hopeless, we say. Well, this is exactly what the enemy wants you to say. You're playing according to his rules. You're doing his work. We actually begin to believe that there is no way out of our miserable circumstances. We seem to forget that God will never test us beyond our limit. But, beloved, just the crunch. He knows what our real limit is. We do not. Ask any bodybuilder. Your personal trainer knows you can do one more repetition of that exercise. Even two. Even when you think you can't go any further. The cure for fear 
is love. If we love God and we are secure in His love, we will have confidence that He knows what He is doing and that this season, no matter how painful, will also come to an end. 1 John 4.16 So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Oftentimes, I come to him and I say, Lord, this is just too much for me. I'm going to hide in you. You are my cleft in the rock. You are my hiding place. And I forstick me in a year until the storm is past. When fear grips your heart, do not accept it. Do not take ownership of it. It's not your fear. It's just something you are facing. Ask God to replace it with his everlasting love. That is yours. We have to develop this trust, and we have to take courage from Jesus' words. In John 16, 33, he says, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. We're talking again about resting in God. Kom ons luister bykie musiek en dan praat ons vir. Kors number four. Guilt and regret. Welcome back. Ek is Peter Warren en jy is ingeskakel op Ad Radio. Grief and regret. Often grief is accompanied by feelings of guilt or regret, things said and done, or not said and not done. There are two kinds of guilt involved in our lives. Real guilt as a result of some sinful action and assumed guilt, false guilt, for something over which we have no control. Real guilt is a good, healthy guilt which is rooted in relationships towards God, towards others, towards ourselves. It is accompanied by a strong desire to confess, and it always results in forgiveness. Assumed or false or neurotic guilt, as it is called, is usually related to rules and regulations. It too is accompanied by the strong desire to confess, but seldom responds to forgiveness. Both forms of guilt feel the same, but they are rooted in different problems and they respond differently to forgiveness. Both of them can cause depression, but the cure for each one is different. Let's look at guilt related to sin. The Christian does not need to live in self-condemnation for sins committed. When our conscience condemns us, 
We have an advocate who intercedes for us before the Father in heaven. 1 John 2 verse 1 I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, praying on your behalf. Wow! There is no need to bear the burden of your sin, that heavy load. Repent of it, confess it to God, and if possible, go and make right with the person against whom you have sinned, and receive the forgiveness of God and of the person concerned, if you can. Then accept that forgiveness. Forgive yourself. Dust yourself off and get back in the fight. 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us all from all unrighteousness. He is faithful, He will always do it. And is just, he will always do the right thing. So let's look at false guilt or assumed guilt. Many things happen in life that we deeply regret. We look back and see things we could have, would have, should have done differently. And some of them are real major mistakes, eh? But these are all wasted efforts because we cannot change the past. We can only learn from them and ensure we do not make those mistakes again. You see, what you didn't know then, well, that's all you knew then. You've learned a lot since then. Many things we regret were never even under our control. Oftentimes they are a result of other people's decisions and actions. Had I not gone to that pub, that guy wouldn't have done what he did to me. Had I not worn that short skirt. Had I not gone into business with that so-called Christian. But you can't, you can't go there. We need to recognize that we sometimes are just not guilty of doing wrong because of other people's decisions and actions and that our lives are committed into God's care. A God is totally committed to forgiving you. So why can't you forgive yourself? Are you a higher court than Almighty God? Are you a superior power? Come on, beloved, put your guilt and your regrets behind you and use them, turn them to the glory of God. Use them to let others know the wonderful release they can receive in casting their burdens upon Jesus and receiving God's forgiveness, His love and His grace. I read Psalm 130, verse 1 to 4. From a sea of troubles, I call out to you, Lord, won't you please listen as I beg for mercy? 
If you kept a record of our sins, no one could last long. But you forgive us, and so we will worship you. Come on, beloved. Take back the power over your life. Cause number five, bitterness and resentment. It's a horrible one. Bitterness and resentment are two dimensions of anger, two sides of the same coin. Nothing can steal your spiritual joy and victory more than a spirit of bitterness and resentment against someone who has wronged you. Bitterness is like a worm that eats into every aspect of your life and rots there. It ferments there. It's horrible. Bitterness, especially when directed towards God, will drain you emotionally and spiritually, and you will sooner or later become depressed. Beware of this. The Bible warns us above all else, never mind what else you do, this thing you must do, guard your heart. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Come on, church. Above everything else, guard your heart, because from it flow the springs of life. Another Bible says all the issues of life. As he is in his heart, so shall he be. And out of the fullness of the heart is the overflow of your mouth. If your heart is full of bitterness, that's what spews out of your mouth. The only solution for bitterness and resentment is total forgiveness. Forgive them, release them, never talk about it again. Don't even let them know what they've done to you. Make them feel at ease in your presence. Come on. How did Jesus forgive you? We have to learn how to apply God's word effectively in these matters. Matthew 5 verse 10. God blesses those people who are treated badly for doing right. How's that? They belong to the kingdom of heaven. God will bless you when people insult you, mistreat you, and tell you all kinds of evil lies about you because of me. That's pretty understandable, hey? Ephesians 4, 31. You must put away all bitterness, all bitterness, anger, wrath, quarreling, and slanderous talk. Indeed, all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. You see, the Bible reminds us, God says, revenge is mine, says the Lord. Whatever you do, don't you try and be God and take revenge. Friend, you you looking for a hiding. In our next two programs, you will deal, we will deal with how to overcome depression and how to help others who are depressed. So remember to tune in 
Waterhole, Waterhot, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11 a.m. on Radio Et. As we come to pray now, I encourage you again, as I always do. Never mind where you are. Never mind where you're at, what state you're in, how you're feeling. If you honestly, really, call out to God and give Him control of the situation, total control, He will reach out, He will meet you where you're at, as you are, and He will help you if you will let Him. The challenge, as always, do you believe your life can change in this one prayer time? I absolutely do. Even the slightest change for the better. Thank you, Jesus. We'll take it. Make a life-changing decision here today. When I mention our prayers, Invite the Lord into your situation and ask Him to help you. Invite Him. He has given you the Holy Spirit, the Parakletos, the Paraclete, who walks alongside and helps you carry your burden. And most of all, beloved, let's you and I begin to thank Him not only for what he has done, what he is doing, but especially for what he is going to do. In answer to these prayers, I remind you, as I always do, you are not designed to be defeated. You were designed for victory. Jy is vir oorwinning ontwerp. Kom ons luister vir oulaas nog muziek. Wan ons terugkom, gaan ons bid. So welcome back. Holy Spirit, as I mention these things now, will you please come? You are our burden bearer. You are our helper. You are our comforter. Would you please come alongside us and and show us what we need to deal with. Show us what we are dealing with in our own lives. Many times we are deceived by these things. We don't know we're deceived. So, beloved, here they are. Do you have the symptoms of depression, this Rottweiler from hell, illness, high stress, an obsession with fear, guilt, regret, bitterness, resentment. Will you ask God today to forgive you for these responses? And will you ask Him to fill you with His everlasting love? to drive out these symptoms, to destroy every work of darkness in your life. Are you angry at God? Is there anyone you still need to totally forgive? 
And if you are sitting here today listening to this and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you just know in your heart you need to make right with him today, you can do that. But you need to have a chat with him. You need to speak with Almighty God, with Jesus. He's waiting for you. You need to, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you need to tell him about your past. You can say to him things like, Lord, would you please reveal yourself to me in a way that I'll know it's you. Lord, I believe you died for my sins, you rose from the dead, and you are coming to fetch your bride. Well, I want to be in that bride. And I have lived my life doing all kinds of wrong things because I didn't know of your way of life. And so today, I confess all my wrongdoings to you. And I ask you, please forgive me my wrongdoings. Even as I forgive those who have sinned against me, I forgive myself for the way I responded to those sins. And I forgive you, God, for the times I have falsely accused you. Will you please wash me clean of all my sin? Would you come into my life as my king and as my savior and as my Lord? I receive you now. Will you take my life, Lord, and restore to me the identity and the destiny that you have always planned for me? By faith, I receive that now, and I thank you today, Jesus. And beloved, I hope you prayed with me as I prayed this prayer. Pray with me for those who are listening, who don't even know Jesus. You can be part of this gospel outreach that we do every message. But come, let us pray as believers. Lord, you know if we are depressed, you know the level, you know how long, you know what it's going to take. You know what has caused it. You know. But Lord, we honestly can't get there from here. We just don't have what it takes. We cast ourselves at your feet. We ask you, Lord, to come and help us. Would you help us would you forgive us for our sins? Would you drive out these symptoms? Would you destroy every evil work of darkness? Would you connect us to the right medical person that can help us if it's chemical or medical? Lord, we just want to ask you to fill us now with your everlasting 
love, with your comfort, with your peace, with your rest. Would you come, Lord, and lead us out of slavery to depression into the promised land of joyful victory that you have for us and that you have paid such a price for us to have. We thank you for this now, Father. We thank you, Jesus, you made this possible. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you make the word real to us in our lives. We ask you to seal this work done today, that the enemy will not steal a single word of truth spoken here today. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Das ei geliefdes, fleit fleit, mys toerees weer uit. Dankie weer eens vir die keier, lekker warm water gaat vandag. Until we meet again at the watering hole, be richly blessed. Enjoy. Is Peter Wan wat groet. Tot die volgende keer, starte daar. Remember, the last chapter of your life has not yet been written. It's in your hands.